possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And good Friday morning, everybody. Or should I say good uh, eve of that big, splashy, wonderful holiday called St. Patrick's Day coming up. I know that everybody's kind of getting in the mood, Tom, and, and the Horgans have been uh, doing a little jig down in Naugatuck this morning. And uh, all those, I'm sure, have gotten their corned beef ready. Some has already been cooking. So anyway, I think we'll all be um, ready for tomorrow. It is tomorrow, right? Yeah, St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host of Your Palace, Your Place, brought to you by Waterbury's Palace Theater, the most magnificent theater in, I would say, all of New England. Of course, I'm biased. But anyway, if you haven't visited us any time in the past, please do give yourself a treat and come visit. We have a fast-paced show this morning, so I'm going to get right to it by introducing uh, my first guest, Diane Plot from the Arts and Culture Collaborative Waterbury Region. Welcome, Diane. Good morning, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Oh, thank you. You're such. You're always so um, easy to um, to interview and talk to, and I love having you. And so, of course, those who might not know, Diane is the administrator for the Arts and Culture Collaborative. Tell us quickly what the Arts and Culture Collaborative is and what it does. The Arts and Culture Collaborative is an umbrella organization for the arts. We help. Everyone from individual artists to large organizations like the Palace, um, like Seven Angels Theaters, like Brass City Ballet, Mattituck Museum, and we promote, advocate, collaborate, and connect with the arts. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of stuff. And and how do, how do you do that? One big thing that we do, and people might see our events brochure around. Um, we promote the events of our members in um, a quarterly events brochure that is now published in the Republican American. And that's huge. I mean, the, the fact that, and particularly for smaller, I think, either single practitioners, artists, smaller organizations who might not have either the staffing or the um, resources, financial resources to market, um, that's a big, big piece. Yes, we help leverage what they're already doing. So uh, I know the Palace does a lot of marketing, but for, especially for the smaller ones, um, we help leverage that and get their word out about their events. And our next events brochure is coming out on April 4th. It'll be published in the Republican American newspaper. All right, so we'll be looking forward to that. And you also do something you're advocating on behalf of the arts, and actually um, that is a nice segue into what you're here to talk about this morning, because not only advocating but connecting people together about the arts and that's our upcoming kaleidoscope event on march 27th at the woodbury brewing company so let's talk a little bit about that i obviously i know about it because i've been part of planning it so um but from your perspective give us a little give our listeners a little love uh, 
insight into what it is. Well, this is an opportunity for the arts community to come together and for those curious about the arts community to come together and just people who want to support the arts. So what this does is brings together um, some talent. We're going to have a performance part of the evening and networking and some light food. And, of course, we're at the Woodbury Brewing Company, so people will be able to taste the beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, it's it's really to raise awareness of the arts and our cultural assets in the area. Not just in Waterbury, but the Arts and Culture Collaborative represents 16 towns in and around so Waterbury. So as far south as Seymour? Um, Seymour, Ansonia, Derby, and then we come up the valley, Oxford, Beacon Falls, Naugatuck, Waterbury, Woodbury, Southbury, um, Cheshire, Wilkett, Thomaston. Thomaston. Yeah, so it's a wide-ranging area. And so this event, actually, and I want to give credit to where it's due, myself and um, Douglas Bibby, Bibby, I, Bibby. Bibby, Bibby, I should should know that by now. Um, and and her husband David actually have been integral in planning this event. And it's um, uh, it's going to be a really intriguing evening because not only is it a chance for people to come together, it's a chance for people to come together with the underlying message being that the creative mind. What is that all about? And everybody has a spark of creativity. And that's why we're saying you don't have to be an arts organization or an arts practitioner. Um, we want there to be a nice mingling of all sorts of people. We do have um, some interesting folks that are performing, too. I mean, the Bibbies are known for curating some fabulous uh, music and uh, spoken word evenings in in uh, Woodbury already. So they tapped into some of their connections. And we have uh, a, a trio of uh, gentlemen who I should um, just read because their pedigree is interesting. They're called the new dinosaurs for this gig and uh, they're a trio of of musicians that include Dave Anderson who's a former bass player for Art Garfunkel and Blood, Sweat and Tears so not too shabby. Uh, Horn player uh, Don Harris um, who was the American an arranger, music arranger for American Idol and Tiger McNeil Jose, Jose Feliciano's percussionist. That's a pretty interesting pedigree of folks that will be performing. And they're going to be performing some improvisational jazz, um, or improvisational music, I should say. And we are asking some of the wonderful dancers, the senior uh, advanced students from Woodbury Ballet, to participate um, Brass from Brass City. City Ballet to participate, and they're going to, in the moment, create uh, 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 I want to call it performance art piece. Impromptu. Impromptu, and and we have a visual artist, Judy Taranjo, who's going to be capturing this while that's being created. So that's only part of the evening, though. There are surprise elements that we're not telling about. Because we want people to come and find out. And I'm letting Sherry take the lead on what's happening there because she's been helping to produce this with Douglas and David Bibby. It's so been we a, really it's appreciate their help. Douglas and Sherry are part of our governing council for the Arts and Culture Collaborative. And with us having a very um, small staff at the ACC, we, we really appreciate the help of our members. And it's only $10 for this event. So I we think that's a bargain. 
Duncan because it is. this is world-class entertainment you're going to see as well as eat, drink, uh, you know, I think you purchase your own drinks, but right. um, but there'll be food definitely. Um, so it's a fun evening. It's really, it's eclectic. It's a good word for it. And we're, kaleidoscope is the word we chose to name it because it's taking different facets, different pieces, which is what the arts are and uh, the arts reflect just like the pieces of a kaleidoscope they reflect back what's going on in society so i think you know if you're at all intrigued i would say diane we're going to talk about how to get tickets but we're going to Ask Diane to stay with us because we have so much going on today. I want to squeeze in as much as I can. So we're going to find out how to get tickets, and then I'm going to take um, a segue right into our next segment. So, Diane, how do we get tickets? They Anybody can call 203-757-0701, extension 316, or they can email me at d. P-L-O-C-H at WaterburyRegionArts.com. Okay. Or you can visit our website if you forget all that. It's WaterburyRegionArts.com. All right. And we'll be back with more from Diane. But right now, we're going to... I took a visit early this week to the Waterbury Arts Magnet School, which adjoins the Palace Theater, by the way, by virtue of a hallway um, behind the stage. And I I got the pleasure, really, the privilege of talking talking to some wonderful young people who are involved in the production of Memphis coming up at the school in early April. So what you're going to hear now is that interview. Wow. 
Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Change don't come easy, that's for sure. And you were just listening to an excerpt from the fabulous Tony Award winning show Memphis that will be presented by the Waterbury Arts Magnet School in April, April 6th, 7th, 8th. Um, and you are in for a treat. If you are thinking about buying tickets, I would say do that today, today, because you're going to see some very talented kids. And I have, um, I'm over at the Waterbury Arts Magnet School I'm taping this uh, a few days ahead of our uh, live show um, on Friday. But I have this room full of very talented people, including the administrators and music director and director um, and students that are just awesome. And who was I just listening to sing the lead part? Um, my name is Joy Rocchio, and my character is Gladys, who is uh, Huey Calhoun's mother. And basically, her storyline is that she doesn't approve of any of the like interracial relationship, the R&B music. And this is her coming of age moment. Like she's changing now, and now she's accepting it. I love it. I love that. And who can tell me a little bit about the basic premise of the show? Our male lead here. I'd like to have just overall, so our listeners know what is Memphis about. Oh hi. Quick. Of course. <laughs> hi. Um, my name is Eric Canfield. I play Huey Calhoun in Memphis. And Memphis is the story of a white DJ named Huey Calhoun who falls in love with a girl named Felicia Farrell, and how he plays. Uh, her music and the music of his soul on the radio in the center of the dial and how he changes the lives of the people living in the deep south in that time so so and now I have the female lead and I know you play Felicia and I keep forgetting what your real first name is Zani Zani Scott okay Zani Zani Tell us now. Pick up the story from where your um, your castmate here has left us. What's the story really about? So the story is about growth and change, pretty much. Um, so in the fifties, it was kind of unheard of for black and white people to um, to get together, to even be friend, even to look at each other. It was unheard of, and um, this was one of those times where um, I guess our ideas were kind of challenged because um, this was a time of change. Right. And, right. you know, it's kind of hard for us to imagine what it's like in this day and age, what it's like. Well, you know what? There's some relevancy here, I think, in this day and age. So let me hold that thought. And I want to talk to Nina Smith, who is the fabulous director uh, over at WAMS and does some wonderful work, I, I know. So, Nina, why did you pick this show? I think we were. it's a great time to give this show its voice and the Waterbury community. I think it's a great opportunity for these students to show how powerful they are in this climate and this day and age. This gives them a voice. Um, so many times high school students don't feel like they have a voice in some of the things that are happening in their lives. And here they get to really portray characters of their own age. Maybe a little bit older, but during the 1950s, these 
actors on stage portraying these characters are about the same age as they are now, except our beautiful Gladys, um, who is our authority figure. And through her and through Julia's rendition of this character, we see that it's possible for any age group to change okay. and to accept Okay, and, and, and I think you're so right because there's so much, I mean, in front of these young people and things, events happening around us in all kinds of um, uh, f formats, if you will, and so a show that allows them to feel that sense of power, empowerment, is, I think, an important opportunity and one that, you know, Wham! should be applauded because you're kind of pioneers in some of the things you've done over the years and really speak to the issues that we're all still grappling with and, you know, Zani, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, when you say, you know, it's hard to imagine, is it? Is it hard to imagine? I think we're still grappling with some of the same things just maybe in a different different way. Now, also we have Mariana Vagnini, Mariana Vagnini Datamo, right? Sure. Did I get it right? Yeah. <laughs> Some, something like that. Okay. The, the extraordinary teacher who I know you are beloved among your students. You do so much. Peace. But, Mariana, why were you able to um, use the music in this show? Because it's challenging music. It's very challenging music. and uh, But it, it, there's something very familiar about it at the same time. It hits on, you know, R&B and and um, just the essence of rock and roll. And I wanted to tell you there was a great quote in one of my Music Foundations books. It says, music does more, has done more for integration in this country than the government ever did <laughs> and ever that. will. Oh, and, and this show is... Politicians, a, are you listening? A show is yeah. a blazing example of that. The music was written by David Bryan, book and lyrics by Joe DiPietro, and David Bryan is from the band Bon Jovi. So that's why oh. this music has such okay. a fresh new sound it was when um when it was on broadway it just nothing was like it on broadway it was okay. really brand new and a lot of things have come since that sound like this but this was kind of a, a, a trailblazer a, a trailblazer wow and it's and, a great thing for them and you know i was being tongue-in-cheek when i said politicians are you listening but the fact is the arts i think is ahead of the curve when it comes to trying to address the social things that's what art the arts are about we kind of mirror what's going on in society and reflect back and say, do you like what you're seeing? Or, or sometimes it's beauty, and that's a good thing, but sometimes it's something that's not so beautiful. And so it's almost holding a mirror up to ourselves. And so I think that quote is, that was, I'm, I'm glad you um, shared that with us, Mariana. And this gentleman over here. Mr. Mobilio. Mr. Mobilio, no stranger, of course. <laughs> Tell us, why are you, you know, what, is, what do you love about working with this group of students? Every student that we see at WAMS, but especially the kids who take up the, 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 uh, the joy of being part of the theater productions, um, it's more than just getting a chance to sing on stage it's coming together as a group and producing something that's way bigger than just any of these kids individually and they're so used to working with each other but also with all of us teachers that we we rise up and we, we usually create a pretty amazing production here at Wales yeah, on do. the palace theater stage on the that. palace theater stage and we are very blessed in waterbury to have that partnership i think i don't know sure. you know how many communities have something like that so i would like 
to hear your uh, are your two leads. Can we hear from them? Are they able to do something together, or were we not planning that? Sure. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and hear uh, another selection from Memphis coming up at the Waterbury Arts Magnet School in April. And we are back, and we're going to um, treat you to an excerpt from another number featuring the leads in the Waterbury Arts Magnet School's production of Memphis coming up in April, and that is Zani Scott and Eric Canfield. Uh, then one day my daddy died, and we laid him in his grave. And my mama, she, she cried and cried and cried and prayed that he'd be saved. But all I felt was pity. I thought he never understood. How could people be so bad that made me feel so good? And went right through my body and it grabbed me by my You guys are unbelievable. You are unbelievable. You you must be so um, excited to be in a production that has such an important message, but also have this opportunity, I mean, to put into your kind of uh, resume, if you will. And um, Nina, you were saying something to me, and I want to meet this other young woman before we finish, mm -hmm. and she is another WAM student. What is your, what is your name? Uh, my name is Emily Marcellinus, and I'm the stage manager for Memphis. Okay, and you started stage managing when you were a freshman here, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, for those of you listening, you might not know, but I've always said that is the job I would never want because the whole show rests in your hands. The yeah. timing, the, you know, if something goes wrong, the cues, everything. And that is a huge responsibility. And I don't think the stage managers get enough credit. So this is great. So how, how, how did you get involved or why are you involved? Because you told me you want to be a math professor. Yeah. <laughs> So and I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, also, she's also I, the president of the junior class, right? Okay. Yeah. So a busy lady, yeah, young um, woman. I've been working with Mrs. Smith since I was in sixth grade, and she's always had me involved in her theater classes and every production she's done. And I just always think smart, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always just find it really fun to get involved. Um, and this is one of the things that it's more challenging to do, but it's also one of the more fun things. And you get to meet a lot of people that you wouldn't normally talk to. Do you ever like? I mean, like I said, you have that whole, you're the show, everything, you call the whole show. Nothing yeah. happens without you. 
does that feel uh, like oh my gosh or do you love that oh no it's it's very scary but um you know with the nerves it helps me to do it correctly okay. and mess ups are always okay and the audience doesn't usually know if they're not too bad so okay and you're working with the the um the oh, union crew great, yeah. right mm-hmm. wow that's a great opportunity Thank you. and no matter what field you go into you know it it just ups your game it it makes you um have these kind of experiences you, you wouldn't have and that some you'll be ahead of the curve by the time you're out in the you know looking for a job I'm sure you'll be that professor, probably in a very short tenured curve. One last thing, how do we get tickets to see these amazing kids on stage? Thank you for that. Tickets are on sale now on the Palace website. You can oh. go right to the Palace website. PalaceTheaterCT.org. Yes, please. <laughs> and you can buy your tickets now. Uh, we are running, Or at our box office. Or at the box office. Yes, either way, they're available right now for April 6th and 7th at 7 p.m. and April 8th at 2 p.m. All right. Well, thank you all so much for taking time out of your busy day and uh, and also your rehearsal time and thank you to your wonderful teachers and administrators because without them you wouldn't have this opportunity and uh, we'll be back right after this and I'm sure you enjoyed listening to that. What a bunch of wonderfully talented young people and dedicated educators we have at the Waterbury Arts Magnet School. And some of those uh, students I know in the past have gone on to be uh, come professionals in the uh, entertainment field, whether uh, as uh, actors, musicians, stage managers. And right now on the phone, we have someone who probably has somewhat of a similar story likely had a uh, a young uh, time in his life where he was entertaining the idea of becoming a professional musician and actor and that is Chris Stevens from the National Tour of Jersey Boys. Good morning, Chris. I'm so happy to have you here with us. I know what a challenge it is for um, the people who are touring to get up and do these morning interviews. So I always say thank you, first off, for, for well, your... Well, the good thing about you is I get to do it from my bed, so hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. So, Chris, what, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is what drew... You actually, I read your bio, and your bio said that you actually moved to New York City to be in Jersey Boys. Now, you have a resume that I think came before that, but was there something that drew you? Why did you really want to be in this show? Uh, so when this show first came out back in 2005, it won the Tony in 2006, I believe, and uh, so I saw the show shortly after that with my mother and my best friend and her mother. We went one year during the Christmas break, and we just, we loved, I mean, we loved the show, we loved the music, we loved the connection that that specific group of actors had on stage, and I remember my best friend during the intermission was like, you need to do this show, and I was like, yeah, I really want to, it's really cool, I didn't think I'd be in this, this into it, and I remember after the show, we went and we went to the stage door to meet the actors and get like a poster signed or something, and I just remember saying to my mom after that, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this show. I just I feel something really special about the show. And I went back and saw it about five more times in its Broadway run, which was, you know, it lasted up until um, early last year, 2017. Uh, and so 
it's, I don't know. It's just I was I was glued to it. I was glued to it as my first professional um, Broadway audition right after. So I graduated in 2011. I went on the national tour of Cats right out of school. And when I got back to New York, this was the first professional Broadway audition I had. And um, I, I just, I was too young at the time, and I kept going back in, and it took six years to get it, and a lot of practice, and a lot of different, you know, dance calls, singing calls. I finally, you know, got callbacks, and had to go in and do acting scenes, and it took up until this year. So it was really special to me, and uh, yeah, I moved to New York for this one, and six years later, I'm getting the chance to do it. That's incredible and so inspiring. I know, um, I don't know if you heard as I was closing out the last segment that we work a lot with the Waterbury Arts Magnet School students. Yeah. And, and so, um, I'm assuming that you were a young person who also, you know, probably was involved in theater mm-hmm. in high school and uh so you know to hear your story and and i think it's one of perseverance dedication um and being um willing to be flexible move yourself to where you know the opportunity is i mean and that takes some uh a special person and, and uh, courage to do that so you know, I, I I always admire the people who are in the touring industry because they're um, very intelligent people. I always find that they're so intelligent, well educated, um, and and so uh, adaptable. And you would have to be to do this kind of work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to do anything in theater, you have to be adaptable. And you know, this business is fleeting, and we deal with a ton of rejection and. So when you finally get that work, it's worth it, especially when you're doing something like a tour. You know, a lot of families these days, because it's been so expensive, Broadway is so pricey, and it's it's a wonderful experience, and I highly recommend getting to New York to see a Broadway show whenever you can. But the cool thing about being on tour is we bring our show to your hometown. Yes, and, yes. Uh, a lot of times, right now, especially with Jersey Boys, we're kind of figuring out, we're playing a lot of smaller venues right now, which is really cool because the show's been out for, you know, 12 years on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting to go to a lot of these small towns that don't necessarily get the show of this caliber in or, um, you know, they don't see this full production quality. And it's really special. It's special that we get to come into a city that, might not get these big tours, might only get the community theater or might get uh, smaller non-equity tours. And um, we get to come in and we get to we be a part of their community. And, you know, for me as an actor, it's somebody's first time in the theater every night and it's probably somebody's last time in the theater every night. And I get to be a part of that. And maybe a grandmother's bringing her granddaughter to the show for the first time or yeah. grandfather for, you know, his grandson. And, Again, it's really special to be a part of both the beginning and the end for somebody as far as the theater goes. And that's what makes my job really awesome. And you know what? You're so right about that, Chris, because having a nationally touring Broadway show mm-hmm. at a venue in your, in, you know, your city, uh, or if you live in the suburb like you know, of Waterbury, um, yeah. this is, this is a very, um, big deal. It's, yeah, and as absolutely. you said, um, you know, community theater certainly has its place and a lot of people who end up broad, on Broadway have started in community theater. But, yeah. but to have a, 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 a venue that's, um, presenting touring Broadway, uh, yeah. with professionals who get paid to do what they do is, Absolutely. it's such a blessing. And I, and I, sometimes you don't realize what you have right in your own backyard. That's and what we call it, Broadway in your 
backyard. You know? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's certainly uh, cost efficient as opposed to, you know, going into the city, which, of course, we want people to do that as well. But um, we are blessed to have uh, a theater like the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury. Now, I wanted to ask you, too, you play the part of Nick Massey, one That's of right. the one of the four seasons. Now, what what about Nick? Nick is kind of almost one of those understated roles. Yes, he's the underdog within the four. Um, what's funny is when I first went in for Jersey Boys, is I was always called in for Bob, Bob Gaudio. Okay. And up until this year, so that was six years of auditions that I was constantly called in for Bob Gaudio. And uh, even this year I went in and I did all my Bob material, and at some point in the room, they they looked at me and were like, oh, we think you might be aging out. And I was like, excuse me, I'm 28 years old. How am I aging out of anything? <laughs> uh, they were like, just the way you're holding yourself, we really want you to look at Nick. So, you know, I went out in the hallway, and I'd only seen, I saw the original Nick, and then I had only seen one other actor play Nick Massey, because he had a very long run on Broadway, and I could only remember the way he said the line. So, like, I went out in the hallway, and his voice was in my head, and he was very specific. So, I come back in the room, and with the director and the casting director, and I start doing the lines, and almost imitating this wonderful actor um, named Matt Bogart, who I'd seen do the show, and the director said, stop, I know what you're doing, just be yourself. Which is a double-edged sword because it's the best advice you can get, but mm-hmm. when you know the show so intimately, uh, it just becomes, you know, what you've heard before. So I stopped, I did my own thing, and then from that point on, it was Nick, it was Nick, and now that I'm doing the show, I don't see myself as anyone but Nick, and it's fantastic, and I love the opportunity. Um, but you were saying he's kind of the underdog. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's the quiet one. Nick was all about the music. Um, unfortunately, Nick is the only one out of the four who's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away Christmas Eve 2000 um, due to, I believe it was cancer complications. Um, he is just, I don't know, there's something so specific about him. Like, you know, he's a little anal attentive and always wants to look presentable and He's very matter-of-fact. Every time in the show, you notice that when he speaks up, it's something that he has an opinion on. And, you know, sometimes he's shot down by the other guys. But in Act 2, you get to get, you get to know him a little more intimately. And he finally starts stating his opinion. And, uh, you know, we met the real Bob Gaudio in Nashville back in January. And I finally went up to him and I was like, look, you know, I'm only hearing these stories from our director and music director that you and Frankie told them during this first rehearsal process. I said, I want to talk to somebody who knew Nick. And I sat down with Bob for 10 minutes, and I learned more about Nick and the show than, you know, changed my complete show. Um, he said he was a music note. He only cared about the music. He was really only there. I said, well, what was he like when you hung out? He goes, Nick really didn't hang out much. I mean, he was very business. He did his own thing. He loved his drinks. He loved his women. And, you know, <laughs> he showed up and loved the moment for the show and the music. But after that, he kind of was in his own little world. What an opportunity to have that oh, first-hand knowledge. It's, it, yeah, I mean, for me, that changed that changed the game. You know, mm-hmm. and not to say that what my director and our music director was telling me wasn't helpful. It's just, you know, you hear these stories, and they remember specific things over the course of 12 years that they want to make sure they tell each actor who plays this role. And I just, I guess I was getting stuck in those few things. So I would go when I got the opportunity to talk to Bob, and it just, it, let me relax, let me settle into my body and let me find like it more natural and be able to be a human rather than this character that I I thought he was, you know what I mean? 
What a great insight. That that's yeah. you know that's an actor's. Uh, that's like um, being able to sit down with a, a character you know from history and kind of pick yeah. their brain and, and yeah. being there you know when the history was being made, so to speak. Yeah. Um, well, the show Jersey Boys. We actually had it at our venue before for um, a week run, and it was did phenomenal business. It's doing phenomenal business again, and we only have it for three performances this time. Yep. What do you think? it is about the show that mm-hmm. makes people and I've seen it four times so I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> um, what do you think thank it you for is? supporting the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you think it is that makes this show so special you know uh, first and foremost it's the music uh, this music is timeless yes uh, you know they, they they grew up in a time where there was no sound like the Four Seasons. And when they finally put Cherry on the board and then Big Girls Don't Cry and Walk Like a Man, like these songs, those three even, that I just named, and we do a lot of songs on the show, those three are still around today. I can tell you in the past four weeks about ten times that I've been out in a public place and hear one of our songs. And I don't know if that's the curse of doing the show and just feeling like I can't get away from it, but it's um, the, the music's still around. You see it in movies like we were just watching Mrs. Doubtfire on the bus the other day and walk like a man's in that. And I mean, given the story of Mrs. Doubtfire, it's appropriate. But, you know, the other night I was at dinner. My parents came to go see the show in Reading and uh, we're sitting at dinner and they start playing Sherry. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This <laughs> it's incredible. You know what I mean? Like, this this music doesn't go away. And we were just someplace last week. We're in the mall. Yeah. And walk yeah. like a man was on again. Um, I know. When I hear the music, I, I get a thrill. Well, and it's amazing because it, it, it still sounds like they still play that original version and you have all these artists that have done remakes because they know the music's smart. Um, so it's very much cross-generational and very much still around today. And the cool thing about our show is you know the older people who are coming grew up with this music. But then you see the younger audiences coming and they're mouthing the words too and they're like, oh, yeah, no, this music's very much still around. They know it. They're excited for it. And then more than that, there's the story of four blue-collar kids who suddenly, you know, they're on their rise to fame. And, you know, it's the trials and tribulations. We can always relate with the underdog because everybody in life knows what it's like to be beaten down or told no and, you know, fight for something. And, um, you know, you watch Frankie's life. Uh, you know, while it is a story about the four of them, it is mainly around Frankie's life. And, you know, he's going through stardom and he's going through failed marriages and failed relationships and um, lost, you know, children. And it's, it's hard, but any human knows what it's like to lose something and work hard towards something. I think um, I think you're so right, um, Chris. The story um, when I saw the show for the first time and learned, you know, the story, and I won't um, be a you know spoil it for others who have, may not have seen it, but it it just. I, 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 there were things I didn't know, and it was so intriguing to me. Well, and that's so what everyone is surprised by it. Like you know, we knew the music, we knew Frankie Valley, but we didn't know. Not that our story is dark, but you don't know the troubles that right. any artist really goes through, let alone a legend like Frankie Valley. So people are always surprised with how hard his, his life and how the group yes. uh, had so many issues. And it's it's awesome because even through that. They became one of the best selling groups of all time. You know what I mean? 
Right. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I'm going to um, thank you right here for, you know, taking some time out of your morning to share with our listeners at your palace, your place, about uh, what it's like to be a Jersey boy. And, <laughs> and it's a dream. It really is. Oh, I'm so happy. I, I love hearing that. I love people having their dreams realized. And we're going to realize your dream in in our reality when you come to the Palace Theater next weekend yeah. March 23rd and 24th Chris Stevens thank you so much and look forward to having you in Waterbury next week thank you so much and I hope you have a wonderful weekend thank you for your time and come check us out next week we'll see you there thank you Chris have, have a great day you too and that was Chris Stevens from the cast of Jersey Boys. He plays Nick Massey, one of the four seasons. And the show will be at the Palace Theater in Waterbury next weekend, March 23rd and 24th, for three performances. And I have to tell you, if you have not gotten your tickets, you need to get your tickets because they really, really are scarce. Um, and if you haven't ever seen the show and you go, oh, yeah, well... This is one show you, everybody who loves musical theater should see. And I will say this, people who don't like musical theater, particularly gentlemen, some gentlemen may not be fans necessarily, they love this show. It's a guy's show. So um, so do yourself a favor. Call the Palace Theater, 203-346-2000, or go on the Palace Theater website, palacetheaterct.org, to get your tickets today. And I'm going to swing back now to um, Diane Plock, who is, oh, we need to take a break. We need to take a break. We do. All right. Johnny's telling me. All right. We're going to swing back to Diane when we come back from this quick break. Entertaining new possibilities. And we're back with Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host. And before we end our program um, this morning, I thought we would uh, swing back over to Diane Plock, who's been with me in the studio all morning. Diane is the administrator for the Arts and Culture Collaborative of the Waterbury Region. And we were talking at the top of the show about an upcoming event. ACC Arts Collaborative event taking place on March 27th called Kaleidoscope. Yes, it's going to be a great event, and I really want to thank you and Douglas Bibby and David Bibby for putting this, pulling this together and helping produce this. It's going to be a combination of performance and networking. We have a performance pod, as we're calling it, <laughs> um, and some of it is well, it's all planned, but for the audience, there's going to be some nice surprises, There's going to be some spontaneity, and I'm laughing at Pod because um, some of the lingo we've put, picked up um, in producing <laughs> this has to do with the fact that Dave, David and Douglas Bibby have, well, David is a, is a, a native of England, and um, he and Douglas, his wife, have lived there uh, for many years, raising their family, and they came to Woodbury about three years ago, but David, who is the co-host of the this event with myself, and I bow to him, really. He's got the pr props, and he's uh, an Emmy Award-winning host and producer uh, for CPTV. So he is putting together some very interesting pieces. But the word pod, I think, comes from their vernacular because they, they throw in some of those English words that I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, he um, he was the host of All Things Connecticut yes. on CPTV. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when he was um, down at the chamber um, doing a little production, he was. We were walking out, and he said, "Oh yes, my car is in the multi-floor car park." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he meant the ramp garage, but <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. There's but little he, uh, vernaculars that we don't even. We both speak the English language, but you know, there's just those little things that are peculiar or unique to certain um, and places. He's, he's so personable, and he'll be a great host with you. The two of you, I think, work well together, and David's just very entertaining and he very is. spontaneous and just so enjoyable. You can't help but smile when you he's meet him. He's around. Absolutely. He's, infe- he's got that infectious personality and will be um, very entertaining, but also, you know, he has a whole other side, a very serious, bright side and technology is his thing and um, so he's putting together a video and some other elements that will really make this event in this evening very very special so you know again it's been a pleasure to work with both he and Douglas uh, to to do this on behalf of the ACC and we're looking forward to it and if you're wondering what are we talking about we're talking about kaleidoscope which is uh, an evening to come together uh, on March 27th at the Woodbury Brewing Company uh, to hear some wonderful music by the new dinosaurs and some dance by dancers from the Brass City Ballet. Lots of things. Network with artisans. And if you're just a creative type, but say, I don't work for an arts organization. I'm not an artist. Everybody's an artist, by the way, um, because we all have creativity of some sort. Come and join like-minded folks. That's what the evening's all about. And you can get tickets by uh, going to the website of the Waterbury. uh, It's Waterbury Region arts.com or they can call 203-757-0701 extension 316 that's the arts and culture collaborative line and or they can email me at dploch d-p-l-o-c-h at waterburyregionarts.com all right thank you diane and we're just at the about the end of our program i want to remind you that this has been your palace your place i'm your host sherry marcucci and if you'd like to find out more about the palace theater go to palacetheaterct.org or call our box office which opens in about 30 seconds at 203-346-2000 and as i always remind you do something you love with someone you love that's arts related this weekend and stay tuned for our local news and Steve Noxon with Talk of the Town coming up next. See you next time. Bye-bye. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theater, your palace, your place.